0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty oh God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, Say this when you pray, Father, may your name be held holy, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive each one who is in debt to us and do not put us to the test. The Gospel of the Lord. St. Luke's version of the lord's prayer is shorter than the one most catholics are familiar with which is based on the version in the gospel of saint matthew if saint matthew has his version of this prayer at the beginning of our lord's ministry while he was preaching the sermon on the Mount. saint luke places the lord's prayer about halfway through his gospel at this point the lord is on his journey to jerusalem where he knows he will have to suffer before His mission can be accomplished. He has predicted his death twice. He has told his disciples that if they want to follow him, they will have to suffer too. At this crucial point, an unidentified disciple asks our Lord to teach them how to pray. If in the other synoptic gospels, our Lord at this point is teaching them about the finer principles of discipleship, St. Luke uses this time to have our Lord to provide a catechesis on prayer using various parables beginning with this formula of prayer. The requests of the disciple requires some analysis. Lord teaches to pray just as John taught his disciples. This request raises several questions. Why do John's and Jesus' disciples need to be taught to pray? Adult Jewish males were expected to pray morning, afternoon, and evening in the direction of Jerusalem three times a day and before and after meals. Like the Pharisees and scribes, John's disciples fasted and prayed. The Lord's disciples, on the other hand, had been criticized because they did not seem to be so fastidious in fasting and praying. One of the functions of having distinctive prayers was to create and maintain a sense of identity and community for members of a sect. At a certain point in the gospel, our Lord's disciples didn't have to fast and pray because he was still among them. His presence created the center of their community. But now we are halfway through the story and the Lord will not be among his people much longer. The community needs sustenance for the future a foundation for their continued communal life. And such sustenance and foundation of their bond would be found in prayer. So this communal prayer will nurture the communities spiritually and hold them together. And thus, what was needed by the early Christian community to sustain them in both times of crisis and inspire and empower them for mission continues to be relevant to us today. In a world where so many groups try to build social cohesiveness through team building and other forms of group dynamics, the Christian community's need for prayer remains foundational. By definition, a Christian is a member of Christ joined to him by faith and baptism and having access to the Father through him If we are only united in function and efficiency, then we cannot claim to be members of the body of Christ, the Church. But if Christ is our inspiration and model, prayer must be the ultimate foundation of our bond, as we can have his Heavenly Father as our Father too. Hence, prayer without Christ is inconceivable. Union with Christ is likewise communion, koinonia, with other members of Christ. For this reason, Christian prayer in and through Christ is communal by its very nature, even in the most intimate private prayer. The Christian cannot disassociate himself from his brothers and sisters. They are part of him and he takes them wherever he goes. At every Mass, the priest introduces the Lord's Prayer with these words at the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say this part of the Mass is called the Communion Rite, not just because it is part of the Mass where we receive Holy Communion, but every prayer and aspect of this part of the Rite points to the communal effect of the Eucharist and the communal dimension of our faith. And so it is with the Our Father. Whenever we pray the Our Father, let us continue to pray for peace among men not merely built on peace treaties or weak platitudes but on the sincere commitment to forgive each one who is in debt to us. Pope Saint John XXIII, the Pope who convened the Second Vatican Council and who had worked tirelessly for peace during his tenure as a diplomat, exhorts us to pray for peace. Ever and always let us pray for peace of Christ here below between all men of goodwill that all the families of the nations rent asunder by the wound of sin may be subjected to the most gentle rule of christ in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen